Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Hello, and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to the music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're of course asking, is it rad in your head? And just to be clear... We're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead? Not, is it rad in your head in regards to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called, is it rad in your head? And is now in your head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. And that's it. That's it for this episode. It's just, uh, the other two, they're not here. They're not here, I don't even remember their names. They're just the other two. Uh, And we've got something a little bit different for you uh, this week. Still Radiohead related. Don't worry. Guys, at least, well, I say that. At least 60% of it is Radiohead related. The rest is nonsense and waffle, <laughs> which is, tends to be what me and Emily uh, talk. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just me. It's just me. And it's, and it's you as well. It's me and you. It's just, it's just you and me. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. We've got Emily Hyatt on the show for the fourth instalment and her third appearance in the Fandom and Devotion series of this podcast. We do one, I was going to say we do one every season, but actually we didn't do one for Billy and we did two for Muse. Twos! Uh, this is this is Emily's third. She's been with us for the Manics. She's been with us for Muse. Here she is with Radiohead, which is actually kind of the main one. 
Um, I, I think that's where the interview starts, basically, is us talking about how many times she's been here and the amount of the other times that we've talked about Radiohead. This is a fun, very chilled out, relaxed chat. Uh, if you came here expecting the episode for the Eraser, uh, because I mentioned it last week and said that was the next episode, don't listen to me. What are you listening to me for? I don't know the schedule of this podcast. Do I have it written down somewhere? Yes. Was I reading it? No. Anyway, this is a nice chat with Emily Hyatt uh, and myself, and I enjoyed it very much, and I hope that you also enjoy it very much. We touch on everything from how she got into the band, uh, her extended love affair with the band, what it is that attracted her to the band in the first place, you know, like the first place that she heard them, how she interacts with music, following bands around on tour, including things like Radiohead's 1997 OK Computer Tour, the Big Tent Tour, uh, the In Rainbows Tour. Uh, we, we, we talk about all of it. Um, and Emily gives us her top 10 Radiohead songs of all time. And at the risk of sounding like clickbait, you're not going to believe what's at number one. All right. Enjoy. I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention this at the top. I was gonna. I was gonna um, save it to the end. But I'm just too excited about it. So I'm just going to start with it. This is your third time on, Emily. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which makes you an official big mate, uh, along with Dave Erringer, uh, ah. which also means you become a permanent host of the podcast. So oh, congratulations. We record on Mondays. So it's now it's now me, you, and Dave Erringer. We're the hosts of the podcasts. That's why nobody else is here. Uh, right. D- Dave couldn't make it though, so it's just, oh, okay, so it's right, just you right. and me for this one. Damn. <laughs> so poor Dave. <laughs> but also, right, uh, in regards to it being your third time here, we've done an episode on the Manics, we've done an episode on Muse, and in both of those, we've talked about Radiohead, like like <laughs> yes. a bit, at least a bit. Stray back, yeah. To them. And and now we get to talk about. Uh, we get to talk about Radiohead properly. So, yeah. so firstly, obviously, let's talk about Manic Street Preachers. Uh, you've you've just got back from America, right? Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> tell us what you were doing in America. I was watching the Manics. <laughs> now you know they play in the UK a lot, right? I know, but we just—I'd only seen them twice so far this year. So, and the thing is, me and Jess always wanted to see them in America anyway. And then Elena and Catherine were like. Sod it, let's do it too. So, uh, so how how many dates yeah. did you do? Four. Four. Okay. So, well, that's yeah. that's less than you would usually do on a tour. Right? It was hard. Like we, we sort of we we wanted to do Vancouver, but we couldn't make it work. Um, so we started in Seattle, uh, flew down to San Francisco, and then drove. Jennifer drove, bless her, because she, she's a resident. Amazing. Uh, she drove from San Francisco to Anaheim, and then we drove to Hollywood. So, yes. Amazing. Oh, I've met Jennifer. only get four. In. Jennifer's been on this podcast as well. Ah, cool. Albeit, because uh, I, I think I met her in the queue at the Cardiff. Yes. The, the Cardiff yeah, queue. you were yeah, yeah. done. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was it? What, like, what was it like seeing them in America? What what, what were the differences? It, it was it was great. I mean, the, the audience is less active. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah, a lot less active. Maybe they're too cool over there. I don't know. Or is that uh, because it's a co-headline gig with Suede and some of them are waiting for Suede? I think there's a lot more Suede fans at some of the gigs. Um, 
there were some great Manics fans, but some brilliant people behind us uh, who were awesome and just knew every word to every song. But they love Suede as well. Um, but I think a lot of people were waiting for Suede. The audience is more active for Suede, definitely. Mm. Now, you'd say you had loads of, you had some cool fans behind you. Is that because you were on the barrier? Of course. Amazing. Why would I not Amazing. be on the barrier? Now, <laughs> so I imagine. James Dean Bradfield, not expecting that. Um, what was his like? What was his reaction to seeing you on the barrier in in America? Uh, he'd been tipped off. Oh, he'd been say. tipped off. Uh, yeah, he already knew, but um, he, you know, he gave us a little nod and wave, um, and he was super nice to us. Like we don't normally sort of the managers don't do meeting fans, as we know. Um, so don't we they? thought not since twenty fifteen. Oh right! What happened in 2015? Yeah. I've seen, I've I've met them a, a bunch, but probably pre 2015. Yeah, I mean they've sort of done a signing since then, but they don't really come out as much as they used to at all. I mean, you can some people have been able to snag a selfie or an autograph, but they don't mm. tend to stick around going in or out. Oh, interesting. So obviously we didn't bother because we know there's no result. Uh, but we did after LA, so we skipped Suede. <laughs> and then right, we just sure. we, we waited at the tour bus like like old school. Um, and we were rewarded. Um, James is very chatty and happy to see us. Um, Sean grunted hello. Lovely. Like, <laughs> yes, hello, Sean. <laughs> uh, Nikki waved. Wayne was delighted to see us because we'd done um, we done a little tribute to Wayne at that gig, so he was over the moon. Oh, nice. Um, uh, yeah, we we did, uh, made like um, letters spelt Wayne and you held them up during his big moment which was the Walk Me to the Bridge solo. Like you're supporting a sports team but the sports team yeah. is called Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. That's happy. nice. That must have been this little cool. rock thing. Uh, yeah. they, they don't play in America very often like I no. if, if at all so that must have been a, a cool experience. Um, yeah. So this is our third one uh, together of the fandom and devotion episodes as we've called them for people that haven't heard one of these episodes before though how would you introduce yourself if i wasn't going to introduce you uh um uh, oh that stumped you <laughs> i wasn't expecting that i was just like um i'm emily i'm 40 uh i am autistic my current special interest is Malik Street Preachers. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> my previous special interest was Radiohead. Yeah, And I went through a big muse phase, as we've discussed. Um, I still love Radiohead, what's left of them. <laughs> but, yeah, um, they're sort of scattered <laughs> to the wind these days. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I work for a charity. Amazing. That's cool. you, you've <laughs> No, that is important. For, a, for an audio medium, that is important. I suppose we've we've always talked about that idea. You just called it a uh, special interest, um, which is uh, l- there's there's loads of unkind words for it. So let's stick yeah. with let's stick with special interest. Yes, <laughs> it's been called a lot in the past. But when yeah. I when I saw the word special interest, I was like, that's it. That's it. That's that. Yeah, that's the description because it brings you so much joy, and so that's what it is because it does. And I and I've always had that as well, and I think that's a big part of like this podcast, especially doing Mannix and now Radiohead, two of my two of my special interests. We share some special interests. Um, it's uh, I really like that kind of uh, that kind of fandom. It's a specific kind of fandom, isn't it? Yeah, 
yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it can be kind of um, uh, all encompassing. That's probably yes. a, a kind yeah. way to put it, right? That's yeah. probably a kind way to put it. And it's and it, I guess it's a weird coincidence that we've covered three of the bands that make up a big bulk of that kind of special interest listening for you. What yeah. what is it? What what links? Manix, Muse, and Radiohead for you are they all kind of are they kind of a similar thing that 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 uh, that attracts you to them? Uh, I mean, it's the outsider thing you could say. Um, you know, they appeal to a certain fan base of people who feel not they don't quite fit in. Creeps, um, weirdos, and creeps. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also men with pretty voices. Yes. <laughs> yes, and pretty men, pretty men with pretty voices. Yeah, yeah, we did have crushes on all of them. You, yeah, not all the Manics. I hasten to add. Oh, oh, you hasten to add. Why do we hasten to I add? Hasten to, what? I don't, just, I don't know. Is there one you're not a fan of? <laughs> oh no, no, I like them all. I like them all. I just, I just like one a lot more than the others. Yeah, not yeah, that yeah. I don't like Nikki and Sean. They're great. But is, they're not James. Is is that the case for Radiohead as well? Is it a Tom fandom more than oh, anything it's else? It's a Tom. I love Tom. I love Tom. Oh, Tom. Tom. <laughs> Jesus, they're all quite, yeah. They're teenage all... Emily loved them. <laughs> they're all quite. Uh, they're all quite small men as well. Of men, it's <laughs> a whopper, isn't it? Uh, oh, you mean? I mean, oh, I mean the, yeah, the three front men. Yeah. yeah, the three. Yeah, I'm into short asses. Yes, uh, <laughs> the other half's only five foot eight. So yeah, that's it, lovely. But, yeah. Oh, uh, congratulations on getting married. By the way, I haven't oh, seen you since you. you got married. Um, I did see some cool pictures. They were all they were all lovely. Um, uh, so is 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 it literally? Just, is is it just the kind of outsider thing? I I find in some ways they they also share like a uh, a kind of an alt rock sort of thing, or is that too generous a description? Is that too like broad? I mean, they've all got that guitar driven aspect, and they're all very sort of ah, um, oh, forgotten who taught, coined the term. Was it Wire? Widescreen melancholia. Oh yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So very much so, very much soundscapes, you know. Um. Yeah, they have got a lot in common, although not not all of their fans intermingle, which always surprised me. Like when I moved over from Radiohead to Malix, I was like, where's all the Radiohead fans? So yeah. like a handful of them. I was very yeah. surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So- and they each think the other one's miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then Muse are kind of off on their own on like a little island. <laughs> the order of special interests. Does it go? Does does it leap from one to the other? Does it go? Raise your head, then Mannix, and then where where do Muse fit into that? They were like the intense tiny one in the middle. So it was Radiohead, <laughs> Muse, Mannix. That's a good way of describing Muse. Although there's been there's been all the intervening special interests, but music wise. Well, I was going to ask what your first one was, and was it even music? It was Radiohead. Oh, oh, you mean oh, my first, first one? Oh, yeah, your first, first one. Oh, uh, I had a few cartoon obsessions. Oh, yes, classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, mine was, I think... mine was Captain Scarlet. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a teacher who was obsessed with Captain Scarlet. In hindsight, he was blatantly autistic, and that was his special interest. But uh... lovely stuff. Lovely yeah, stuff. We're, he's we're managed to shoehorn him into 
every lesson. It's great. <laughs> Free <laughs> lesson, <laughs> Captain Scarlet. <laughs> it's the same, the same way we managed to shoehorn Radiohead into every episode that we've done already. Yes, yeah, indeed. So, so Radiohead are the first musical one then. Well, like, like yes. how? When was that? Was was that what? What sort of uh, album era are we talking about? Nineteen ninety-five. So the Bends. Yeah, I, I caught the arse end of the Bends. Um, I just. <laughs> <laughs> what a turn of phrase <laughs> <laughs> it was um the kids at school were all doing the oasis versus blur thing of course so i was like oh okay i'll give them both a listen i preferred because it was roll with it versus country house and i preferred mm-hmm. oasis so I, I got into oasis i bought the albums um this was like august september 95 and so from that i started buying the music press right. and then uh, i bought um Vox magazine it had Paul Weller on the front and um I was reading and there was, there was this interview with this um it was divine looking little creature <laughs> I just <laughs> I was like who's that and I was reading I was like oh I like him and uh I looked back at my old music press and there was uh a little tape a free tape and it had nice oh, stream wow. on it so um I played nice stream and I was like oh I like this so after that, I bought the Benz and it went from there. And so that, that's that's uh, that's remarkably early, isn't it? Did you did you go back to Pablo Honey from there as well? Yeah. So I went the Benz and Pablo, and then tried to source all the singles to get all the B sides. Obviously, you couldn't exactly download anything that days because you didn't have the internet. Yeah, that must have been so much more difficult. It was so much so much easier for me in like the era of file streaming. Having said that. Uh, there is another aspect to sort of like special interests, which is like collecting things. Yeah. So ev- even though I had access to, to file sharing and all that, I still just bought all the CDs. Yeah. Like I've, you've got to have all the CDs. You've got to put them all up on the shelf in order because that's the only way to really have a fun time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you, so you heard Nice Dream. What, what is it that you think first appealed to you about uh, the head? Uh. Oh, his beautiful voice got me straight away. Yeah, the voice is a is a big is a big one, and Nice Dream is a good uh, yeah, it's very a good, good gateway for vocal. voice. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, just really, absolutely. I just loved it. Um, I just and the next one after that was my own long, which was Smash It's Pole Winners Party. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Liked that as well. I was just watching Smash It's Pole Winners Party, and they were they were on it, so I taped it on video. It's so it's so weird to me that like. Um, Radiohead were included in things like Smash Hits and stuff like that because they're <laughs> yeah. so not the the like the Smash Hits kind of band anymore. No. Do you know what I mean? No, um, they, they just, never really were, but they, <laughs> I suppose more so during the Pablo days. The the Pablo and and kind of the Benz, I suppose, because I guess they were sort of on the verges of of Britpop, right? Yeah, they was they were still doing the um, they, they were plugging the Benz well. They didn't go sort of anti media really, so like a computer. When you went back to Pablo Honey, were you like a little bit? I was like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it was yeah, all right. Exactly. You know, I really liked you, Vegetable. I thought they were great songs and Blow me. Out. You talking about you like me? <laughs> you. And yeah, I preferred me. the drill version because Tom did a howly thing on it. The drill version is cool. Uh, yeah, I do like the, the drill's drill recorded so low. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Um, uh, so that means you were around for the release of OK Computer. Yeah. Which is an endlessly fascinating time for me. What was that? You must have been anticipating OK Computer. 
yeah, yeah, we well, we, we all were. I'd sort of made friends with fans by then, and we were sharing bootlegs, so we'd heard a few songs. Uh, mm. I'd also heard a couple of songs live because they did them at a couple of gigs I went to in 1996. Um, yeah, so we were anticipating it by listening to bootlegs. And um, so, did you see them on the OK Computer tour? Yes. Amazing. What, <laughs> what what was that like? Um, well, I sort of followed quite a bit of it. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, as as, yeah. as as you as, do, Emily. Yeah, I would expect do. nothing yeah. less from you. Because <laughs> it, it went, um, obviously, OK Computer came out, Glastonbury, um, and then after Glastonbury. Were you at the Glastonbury show? Yes. Jeez. <laughs> at age 15. <laughs> That's like such a legendary show in their career. That's um, a lot A lot of fans of it would be very jealous of that. Yeah, they are, even though I was like, yeah, it wasn't included. the best show ever for me, but it's okay. Okay, how, like, how come? I was just on the, um, I was on the barrier from like nine in the morning. I was 15. Of course, of course <laughs> I ended up fainting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, spent, I spent the encore listening to it from a haystack backstage <laughs> while oh. a woman gave me a Kit Kat. That's pretty cool. Like nobody else has yeah. that story uh, from, from Glastonbury 1997. I listened to it on a haystack with a Kit Kat. That's a bit of unique Radiohead uh, trivia there, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you? How how much did you like OK Computer at, at the time? Um, I was very. Uh, I did like it, but I didn't love it as much as the Benz. Sure. Is, is it took that... me a little while with it. Um, right. Is that because of the slightly more experimental leaning sort of stuff? or? I mean, perhaps, because I was only 15. So, right. you know, I hadn't heard a lot of stuff, really. Um, mm. I did love it, but there were certain things. Like, you know what? I only, like, I only started liking Letdown five years ago. Things like that. So Hey, hey, Letdown uh, is underrated. It always it take, it <laughs> I like takes it now, people but... a long time. Yeah, it does take people a while. It, at I was, the time, I was exactly though, the everyone loved Letdown at the time. And it Did was they? like, why don't you like Letdown? What's wrong with you? So, yeah. I didn't oh, get yeah, it, it for ages. At the time. Uh, no, it took me a yeah. while. I mean, obviously, yeah. it took me a long time. Um yeah, I mean, I loved Exit Music, but I'd already heard that because I'd sort of heard bits and bobs because that was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack and I got along with my tape recorder and recorded it. What, in the, the cinema? Yeah, the tape recorder to the cinema. Emily, that is, a, that is excellent. <laughs> that is another level. I love that so much. That's great. You know, you could have probably just bought the soundtrack, Em. You probably could have. Oh, don't you see, it wasn't on the original soundtrack talk show host was. Of course it wasn't. Oh, yes. It wasn't. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's since been released yeah. on a soundtrack, but it wasn't on the original one. That's great. Yeah. That's, a, so, that's, um, that's some dedication right yeah. there. So if, 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 if you were not, you know, completely bowled over by OK Computer in, in, in uh, comparison to the Benz, how did you fare uh, with Kid A? Oh God, uh, I didn't fare well with Kid A. The thing, the, the thing that ruined Kid A for me was I saw it live first, and I loved all the songs live. Right. So um, on record, I was like, "Oh, I mean, I, I, I do like Kid A now. I've, I've, you know, I've grown to love it." But um, yeah, first it was just, you know, I heard it all on the tent tour, meltdown, and I loved them live. And when I heard the recording, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is interesting." <laughs> So you kind of got got used to like those more sort of human uh, versions, and then the arrangements on Kid A are very like cold, aren't they? Yeah, 
being being slightly put off by uh by kid a um is is that what prompted the move via muse to manix uh i didn't get back into the manix till 2015 so it was a big gap uh, i actually went off music completely um I say completely. Oh. I sort of had a little, so I went Radiohead, Muse, nothing. Small Radiohead Renaissance, uh, <laughs> nothing. Mannix. As, by nothing, I mean like in, intermingled, sort of individual, um, little obsessions, in between obsessions. Come on, sleep. So, so Kid A put you off music altogether? No, it wasn't that <laughs> at all. It, it was a situation I was in, you know, I was. Um, drinking too much and working and I just sort of you know I was still you know I still went to five things on the tent tour I still went to like three or four gigs on the house of the thief tour you know I was still in there <laughs> yeah 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 didn't, didn't put I, me off that much we've talked about that uh that period of your life on a, on a, on a previous episode I think that, that was quite a difficult sort of uh period for you right yeah yeah definitely um mm. I should have really relied on music more. I mean, I did meet my ex through Radiohead. That said, <laughs> well, that turned I mean... out. But um, <laughs> it's a lot it was... of negative associations with that period of radio. Ah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, he actually Kid A was his favourite album, so he loved all the bleepy bloops. <laughs> yeah, well, I love all the bleepy bloops as well. But again, like you know, like Letdown, it took me a long time. Yeah, yeah, Kid A did take me a while, but I did love those songs live. They were incredible on the tent tour. I can only imagine. I mean, they still sound great today. Whenever I, whenever I see them, but yeah, I can imagine that the Kid A tour and and the tent tour and everything was something a bit, uh, bit special, a bit weirder. Yeah. Um, something a bit, a bit cool, something a bit different to what other other people are doing. And then you, you said you kind of came back for Hail to the Thief. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Um, so I did um, two of the littler shows in May that year: Edinburgh mm. and Manchester Apollo. And then they played in Nottingham in 2003, which was amazing because I'd not seen them in Nottingham. They previously played Rock City in 1995, but, you know, I was 13, couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, that was the night that Muse played Friday and Radiohead played Saturday at Nottingham Arena. So I was just like... Oh, <gasps> that, that's a weekend and a half, isn't it? <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously I queued for both, so I was very tired. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so how how are you with sort of like modern Radiohead then? I, I always think of modern Radiohead as being like In Rainbows onwards. Um, so In Rainbows is my favourite Radiohead album. Sure, so, yeah, you've so got, pretty you've, good. You've got taste, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Don't, I love it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, however, The King of Limbs, I hated, and sure. I still very much dislike. Put you off music again. Right. <laughs> it didn't quite put me off music, but oh my God, I was like, really? No. I'd never disliked a Radiohead song until I listened to Feral. Oh, it's so good. That's, it's, it, that song feels like um, AMS, uh, a- 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 ASMR. Which which order is the fucking letters in? Is it ASMR? Um, no, it's A. M. A S M A M S R M S I don't know which You're way right there. which way round to go, Emily. <laughs> which bit? Which acronym are we on? I've lost track. A S M R. That's it, isn't it? Which acronym? 
the thing for the audio, uh, the thing that uh, oh, the tingly Christ. audio oh, thing. You know, I you know when remember. people like you know when people whisper. Uh, I think it's AMSR. Okay. Oh fuck! It's not. It's not. Who knows? <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I'm not an audiophile, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm happy with an MP3, me. So oh, okay, fair. I'm one of them. <laughs> There's something very, MP3. That's very something very crunchy about feral. Uh, yes, that I like. Yeah, crunchy is um, a very good description, but it was a, it was too abrasive and crunchy for me. Sure, I yes. found. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But then and then and then a moonshaped pool. Do they kind I, of bring it back round? I really or? liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, not nowhere near as much as in Rainbows, but one of sure. my favourite songs is on a moonshaped pool. So it did. Uh, I didn't see them on that tour or the T Cole tour, though, which was a shame. Um, I don't know. I probably saw them once on Moonshaped Pool, but yeah. Uh, but the, the Manic's obsession was in there then. So, of course. Uh, th- those are the tours that I've seen them on the most because I'm a very late Radiohead fan. Uh, in Rainbows was like the first album that I was actually around four because i got into them in the gap between held the thief and in rainbow because uh, okay. i'm because i'm very young emily i'm very i'm just very, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so young so young and full of life um <laughs> but but by a moonshake pool you yeah you're you're full into sort of um manics mode although yeah. i did see that you went to you you went to go and see the smile right when you were at one of yeah. the magazine shows or something yeah yeah i went to went to the smile i enjoyed it i mean i went to see albums for peace as well um so yeah i've always sort of i've, I've seen a lot of side projects here there and everywhere um mm. not massive i mean i do like the smile but i'm always like oh but just add three three <laughs> where are the other three it. Yeah, where are the other three? You know, Atoms of Peace I liked, but again, I was like, it's Tom singing, but where are the others? Where are the others? I know Flea's very nice, but you know. (laughs) Is he very nice? I've never got the impression that Flea is nice. I mean, nice isn't playing the bass. He's a very good bass player, and he's he's... He's very good to watch. He's very entertaining to watch. He's nice at bass. Yeah, yeah I, know, I don't know I if he's a nice you, person. Yeah. I'm really not into the chilies at all. So I also well, we also shouldn't say that that he's not a nice person. He may well be a nice person. He may be lovely, yeah, but I don't know great. anything about him. I liked him in Back to the Future. <laughs> was he in? Oh yes, of course he was. <laughs> yes, and then Anthony Kiedis was in Point Break. Oh, I didn't know that. That always, that always throws me. That's a weird <laughs> moment. Was Flea in it as well? Who knows. That is a long and enduring relationship with one artist, right? Whether yeah. that's Tom or whether that's Radiohead. What what is it? What is fueling that relationship for you? Uh, they keep making amazing music. Well, they were. Um, Tom keeps singing pretty. Um, and they keep just making these incredible, all-encompassing soundscapes that just draw you in. And and their live shows are still incredible, even when, you know, I haven't seen them as much recently. And who knows if I'll ever see them again. But uh, live, yeah. they were something else. That's why I kept going to see them. That's why I followed them around, you know, because they were just off off the scale. I mean, if Tom was having a bad gig, it wasn't great. But if Tom was having a good gig, it was stratospheric. It is quite reliant on how Tom is doing, right? Like Really Ed, dependent on his mood. If Ed is having a bad gig, if Colin is having a bad gig, you tend not to really notice, right? 
but Tom is quite, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of those shows are to, to do with his energy, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's because I have, uh, like, like, if we compare him to the Mannix, like, I've never been to a bad Mannix show, but I have been right. to a bad Radiohead show. Yes. But the Mannix on fire is not as good as Radiohead on fire. I love the Mannix and they're more consistently good, but yeah. Radiohead, when they're on it, are something else completely. Yeah, they do seem to be able to access another level. Yeah, that, there's something that a lot above. of artists don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. really is, and like you know, I've not found that a lot. It's, it's remarkable when they when they crack it, which they do quite frequently, but you know, not all the time. Does it not sort of like what? What is it that you get out of that many shows? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I can really only compare it, obviously, to my own experience. But I do tend to find that, like, once I've been to one, maybe two shows on a tour, I'm kind of, I'm, I get what it's about, and I'm sort of done. Is, is there a kind of, is there something deeper going on there? Do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the good thing about Radiohead is uh, I'm not sure if they still do it, but they had the legendary Never the Same Set List twice. They are unlike still Mannix. Doing that. Yes. Yeah, unlike Mannix. Well, well, I suppose that's, them. yeah, that is, do you, I get it more for Radiohead than I get it for Mannix because, yeah, Radiohead, you could go to every night on the tour and get a different set list. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm assuming even in the, the, the the limited time that you you saw them there was probably a couple of changes in the manic set but probably not much more than that yeah, right like one or two songs so did yeah. you see they were opening with you stole the sun from my heart no gutted about that what's that they, about? Said they played that in, they did that in texas i was like what that's mate i missed that it's not right it's not right it's like it's like ending <laughs> with uh tolerate it's not right so they switch that back though. doesn't make sense doesn't make any sense <laughs> i don't like it i don't like it but so it's so you know like what is it that you're getting out of the shows that kind of keeps you coming back to them like again and again? Uh, it's it's the chance of that that something else feeling, the going above feeling. The um, someone described it like we, we there used to be a super fan called Warren, and uh, Warren would always have a certain spot on the barrier, and he'd go. And his face sometimes, my friend Fee described it as he looks like he's been taken up to the rapture. And that, a good Radiohead show, is Warren's face. Yeah. And that's a very addictive feeling. I mean, we, we, we once talked about how addictive Radiohead could be yeah. when they're on it like that, especially if they're on a roll. So I was sort of, for OK Computer, I mean, I'd already committed to go to a lot anyway. I was sort of chasing that feeling because I hadn't, I didn't get it on the whole tour, so I kept going. You know, I kept wanting it. Uh, do you do you get it? Do you get it for whole gigs, or is it is it literally like there's sometimes just a certain song that gives you that, like on one night? Uh, it depends. Like you can sort of get Tom dependent again. You know, like is, Meltdown yeah. Festival. First half was like, eh, sorry, and the second half, Tom just something he, he cocked up. I think he cocked mm. up my own long. And it just broke the tension and he was in a great mood. And suddenly it was like, it was that, that feeling. There it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all went down the front as well for Meltdown. Um, plus it's where my, I met my husband. So, um, Oh, amazing. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it must be uh, quite disappointing to not 
get that feeling at some shows, right? Um, yeah, you don't necessarily, I don't leave disappointed because I've always taken photos or, you know, I used to tape a lot as well. So I always mm. got something out of it. You, you know, it's like the Manics. Um, I'm always videoing or taking a photo. I've always got something. So you always get something, like you at least get something tangible, even if you don't get that sort of indefinable feeling, the moment, right? Yeah, there's always something that you get, like, um, oh, you know, it wasn't the best gig, but they played X, you know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get that more often with Radiohead than you get that with <laughs> Yeah, you do. Like, bands. oh, they threw yeah. in something that was yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like with, with Manix, it's like, oh, they played motorcycle emptiness <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i i love the manics as well obviously but yeah, yeah. like you know um radiohead are just it's just it's just another it's a whole other thing and it's 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 almost slightly sort of like uh indefinable and uh what have i've found doing this podcast is that uh you can they're very clever with their technicalities right and you can go look at this interesting time signature look at this interesting instrument they're using look at this interesting compositional technique but there is aside from that a degree of just you you either get it or you, or you don't it, yeah it either speaks to you or it doesn't um which is actually slightly frustrating doing a, a year and a half's worth of podcasting about them <laughs> because because the sum up will just be sort of like, yeah, they're good, uh, I guess. Like, you know, it's an, it's an indefinable, there's an indefinable quality to them. Um, and the more, the more I'm trying to define that quality uh, or ask other people to define that quality, the further away it gets from me. Uh, Do you know? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, we just keep feeding more information into your uh, your brain and making it a wider quality. It's it's yes. hard to, it's it's hard to pin down. I wish I could. It's just it's a feeling. So it's it's harder. It's it's. But I, but I find it easier with other bands like the Manics. I can pr- I can pinpoint bits and pieces that are like the way that the lyrics interact with the music and you know James and Bradfield doing certain things or whatever. Radiohead are one of the only ones where there's just it's, it's Radiohead and REM where there, there's just like an indefinable quality, uh, and I think that's what I'm looking for. When you're looking for that that moment at shows, I'm I'm much more into sort of like studio recordings than I am uh, like live gigs and stuff. As much like I love seeing Radiohead live, I love seeing I guess like literally any band, literally any band. Uh, I'm going to see. Florence and the Machine tomorrow. Don't like them, Emily. Do not like them. But <laughs> she's got a cracking voice. I'll give her that. Great voice. Don't 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 really go for it. Don't go yeah. for the vibe. But like, um, I'll go see anybody live. But I am I am much more interested in the studio things and and like the capturing of a moment in a tangible way. I suppose it's that tangible thing. Yeah. And it's just it. Yeah. It's just it slips away from me all the time. All I mean, time. maybe it's that they can capture that moment in the recording i mean one of the things that i'm not sure if this is going to make sense but um i went to see johnny's um show at uh, royal albert hall um and he composed a violin piece 
and it was sort of staticato, is that the word? Violins? Staccato, yeah. Staccato. And um, suddenly I understood how he composed Climbing Up the Walls. Oh, interesting. It's those mo- It's those sort of uh, wider understandings of what they're creating in the studio. You're gathering more information. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's like that's that's what it is, right? You're gathering more intel to try and understand why you like the thing that you like. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, with with every manic show you go to, you maybe you understand a little bit more what it is that you like about the manics. Maybe it's that. Um, ultimately, though, you're like I, I, I find with special interests with any kind of like. I don't like the word, but it is a good catch-all for kind of like obsessive fandom, I suppose. Um, you're ultimately chasing something, I find. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I I don't know that I want to catch up to it because then then the chase is over, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it ever will be. You know, my certain Radiohead songs, I still listen to them like the first time I heard them. They still knock me out. Really? Yeah. So I, I'm really glad. Even I've heard them hundreds of times. I'm really glad I still have that feeling. I mean, I suppose there's a lot of nostalgia interwoven with that too. Because, mm. um, you know. I, I had that with um, the the Kid A video game. The, uh, the, the exhibition thing that they had on <sighs> PlayStation. Um, because it's all like stems and individual bits of the songs being recontextualized and heard in isolation and stuff like that so um I, it was like hearing the songs for the first time again uh yeah and, and i and i reconnected with them in a, in a in a completely different way um i recommend it emily if you've got a way to play it it's uh, really no good. i mean i mean my strongest pc is what i'm talking about right now and it's work the mac it's <laughs> not gonna she's got no chance the mac we've switched from the other from the other computers it's not gonna work on that one either is it no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't got anything more powerful than a 28 2008 mac in the house unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe maybe you'll never play it uh that's a shame um you're one of the most consistent guests we've had for doing this um because some people just can't can't figure out how to do it um and that's putting together a list of top 10 radiohead (laughs) songs yeah a couple of our radiohead guests have just kind of said i just can't do it like i don't understand even what the question means but like (laughs) but i feel like we we are we have a similar we're on a similar wavelength we're actually hierarchy and ranking is like a big part of the fun of liking something <laughs> yes it is yeah <laughs> and having tears and stuff so how did you find putting together top 10 radiohead songs um easier than i thought really because yeah. you did it for manix and you did it for muse so which which ones were sort of easier can you remember it's funny, like um muse is probably the hardest um really why do you yeah. think that is I think because I, I revisited a lot of the Muse catalogue for the, the podcast and um, I saw it threw things back into the mix that I wasn't I didn't remember, you know. Like, right, that I'd yeah. be like, oh, I love that song. No, I love it more, actually. <laughs> Whereas, and the Manic's relatively new-ish again because I'd re- revisited them 2015. Um, whereas Radiohead has been a consistent. So I know right. this song is 
I know this, this. And to just yes. confirm it, I bought my iTunes on my archaic Mac and Lovely. confirmed which ones my top played were. And it's pretty much with what my top 10 is. Is it pretty much your top yeah. 10? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So you, we could almost do like a completely like statistics-based uh, <laughs> top, top 10. Quick, make a spreadsheet. Yes, yeah, oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've got a spreadsheet up here. I'm ready to I'm ready to type in your answers as, as you give them to me. Uh, this is the absolute shit that I love. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's start right. at number 10. Number 10. Okay, number 10 is Reckoner. Oh, I can't say too much about it because, again, you've come in like halfway through a series. We've not got to In Rainbows yet. <laughs> no. That's, that's one of my favourite songs of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, um, so when I when In Rainbows came out, I was with my ex and we sat, I skived off college um, to listen to it and we just sat together and Reckoner came on and we both looked at each other and went, what the fuck is this? Because it was just otherworldly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. It's just like it's like not Earth. <laughs> were you um were you similarly to me and and other people expecting the the heavy version of of Reckoner? Well, I've so, I'd sort of listened less to spoilers for that one. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it was only really open pick that I'd heard, which obviously turned. Okay, because you were um, you were on uh, you were on at ease for yeah yeah uh, yeah a I, little bit right. Well, at ease, I was. That's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> we've got we've got time. We can talk about two thousand and six to. I mean, that's where I met my ex. Uh, two thousand six to two thousand and thirteen. I was on at ease. I think we, we probably talk. We probably talked to each other. Oh uh, right, oh, we, I was an admin. Yeah. Sorry, were you interesting? Mm, I interesting. was. Yeah, we probably had some kind of discussion or conversation. Yeah, I know I wasn't a ban hammer admin. I was a nice admin. Okay, it was a mixed bag. The admins over it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) everyone got banned under good fist. Flipping Nora. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) there are some like there are some legendary things that I remember from at ease, and some of them I probably shouldn't say uh, on the podcast. Um, <laughs> an interesting place full of interesting people. We can put it. We can put it that way. No batshit. Some of them. Some of them are well interesting people. Let's put it that way. <laughs> honestly, if you got into it like I'm flipping, Nora, man. Honestly, how deep were you? Never I mean, had anything I was, like it. I was on there every day. I think for for like four or five years. I was yeah. absolutely yeah invested hundred percent. I mean, I was admin. I ran it. For God's sake, it was yeah, um, of course, yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, my God, just constant. And my ex didn't help because he was really into it too. So we were both, like, constantly on at ease. Like, him wow. on one computer, me on the other. <laughs> that's 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 amazing. What was your what was your username? Nanaki. Yeah, I know you. I remember you. I remember uh, you. I was lovely. I was a nice girl. You were, yes. No, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. Um, did, what what made you because radiohead have like a big online fan base they they actually kind of like not pioneered but kind of pioneered like they were one of the first bands to have a really big online fan base yeah. in that way. what made you pick at ease over stuff like mortigi tempo or uh green plastic radiohead um it was purely uh, when I got back into them in 2006, my, my, my renaissance, so back in, sure. hardly went off of them. Uh, but 
because I'd never had a strong computer because I never had a lot of money. I'd always had like hand me downs. You just had an okay computer. (laughs) 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 But in 2006, I started a new job and um, a lot of it was office based. And um, I just got what fast computers do and I could watch (laughs) videos. So I was watching some videos and I ease. So that's when I joined up with the forum and that's how I sort of ended up getting because I previously not shared some of my recordings and I was like shocked that people hadn't heard them even though they wouldn't because they were on a tape in my hand but I was like how how did you not know the 1997 version of nude and they were like there isn't one I was like yes there is I have it in my hand so um that's you know so I sort of got into it like that you know like sharing my recordings and I also realized that a lot of my videos like 1993 Canadian TV and things like that hadn't been shared. So that's how I first got into it. So I, I suppose I suppose around that time, like 2006, Atties probably would have been the most active of all of the places that people chatted yeah. about. Uh, yeah, right? it was. Also the weirdest, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Oh, by far. People... Oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. my God. So many, like, dysfunctional relationships and just, like... Just weird stuff and weird people. But, you know, I've made some lifelong friends there, you know, and everything was... Are they weird too... people as well? <laughs> a few of them are. Yeah, nice. good, good. But, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, we had meetups. They were interesting, involved a lot of drinking. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Atties was a big part of my life and I did sort of love it a little bit. And when, when the board got hacked, which was an inside job, was um, it Brent? Oh. Oh. Yeah. So is this, um, is this libelous? Shall I? Shall I take this out? Oh, I'll, I'll take him on. I'll have Brent. <laughs> okay. It cost me ninety quid. I was in America for Amps for Peace, and I was having to go on my use my data to try and mess. You know, he was like, "The board's been hacked." No, it hasn't been hacked. It was hit anyway. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I digress a lot. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, so that's Reckoner then at number ten. Mm. <laughs> How did we get from Reckoner to Ease? I don't know. I'm not really sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. Um, Ditnu. Down is the okay. new one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so we're speaking. Uh, we're speaking at Ease language <laughs> now. Yeah, I'm with you now. Uh, okay. Interesting. Down is the new up. Down is the new up. Okay. So two from the In Rainbow era. Yeah. Uh, one not on In Rainbows. Um, I I really thought that Down Is The New Up was going to be a big part of that record before it came out. Me too. I think the thing is, I fell in love, and I still am in love with my most played version, is the SD Matrix. I'm sure you've got that. It's the yep. best one. Tom Good sort of version. does his scatting on it. It's yep. it, that's To me, that's the ultimate version. I do love the, the other versions, but I loved that. But yeah, then it was like, oh, it's not actually on the record. What? <laughs> yes, and then um, the sort of uh, the strings being on it was uh, was very interesting. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, the Avanches, uh, the the Switzerland version of Dallas. I don't think I well. have that. I think I have oh, three. I have three. I've listened to. I've got from the basement, SD Matrix, and um, yeah, the studio. Oh yeah, I'm always up for another dick new. Yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's in at number eight? Exit music. Oh, lovely. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely, I just, lovely. Nothing, nothing makes my entire body tingle more than that Tom Crescendo. 
it's uh it's it's very uh dramatic um but also quite downbeat at the same time i always find so which version of that do you prefer the one from the album or the one from your tape recorder from inside the cinema <laughs> just about the r and j version uh but uh it's got a slightly different mix both do it for me though because you know but i've never found an ultimate live version because you know there's always someone going Tom or me, in the middle uh, I of just it you know? don't understand that when it goes like, all quiet and then you hear someone go I just, I, I don't Do you know, know what? One of the gigs I went to, he, he was playing it, and there's someone did that, and he sped up George Formby style to fin- to get to the loud bit. <laughs> have you seen the Have you seen the video of him playing uh, the present tense in some kind of like club or whatever? And he has to stop and goes, "Who the fuck is talking? You talk <laughs> no. when I'm fucking done." Oh, it's oh, it's great. Imagine Tom. being told off by Tom York. It would be. <laughs> I uh, haven't been, thankfully. Because I would die. Yeah, that would be terrible. He's only ever been lovely to me, thankfully. Have you met? You've met? You've met Tom York? Yes. Have you? Several times. You? Really? Where did you meet? Was he nice? Is he okay? He's always been absolutely lovely to me. Okay. Um, and to my friends, he's he's always been a sweetheart. Um, I think, I think it's because I haven't sort of impinged on his personal life in any way. It's always been before yeah. or after a gig. Um, sure. He even made a vibrator joke to one of my friends. So, Lovely. Yeah, <laughs> oh, she made the vibrator joke and he laughed, actually. He didn't make the vibrator joke, I have to say. But, I've, um, I've, I've met him once, but it was uh, like I was in the long line to pick up one of the King of Limbs like newspaper things that he was uh, yeah, out in yeah. London. Yeah, so I very briefly shook hands, said hi, had a very, very quick chat. He was very nice, but then he, he wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to be a bastard in front of hundreds of people, was he? I don't know. <laughs> well, he, <true>. he's, <laughs> he's got a reputation, but it's. I've never found. He's always been lovely to me. You well, know? it's meeting people is easy that gives him that reputation, right? Yeah, which I haven't watched and never will. So really, oh, yeah. you should. You can't should watch do, it. I can't. I, I. I physically can't. I watched it on mute once, and I was nearly sick. I have this. I just can't. It's too mm. much. I like my heroes to be away I, i've never watched um i can't even remember what it's called the malik's one no never watched that either can't do it cannot mm. do it i don't I, the, seeing the humanity just upsets me i'm much that's I, interesting yeah they're, i have to have like my heroes mythical figures yeah i have to, to have my heroes on the stage you know i just yeah. I, I like yeah meeting them is nice but i just i wouldn't want to go down the pub with them i just I like that barrier. It makes me feel safe. <laughs> that's that's really interesting because I'm all about breaking down that barrier and trying to figure out what the human behind all of the 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 like the stories is. You know, like, yeah, I, I like that aspect of, of. I mean, I've seen some of you know the human things behind some of Tom's decision making, um, and it's very painful. And I think I just found it a bit close, really. Um, yeah you know yeah meeting people is easy it's 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 a difficult watch yeah he's, and he's i know what he was time, going through know? at the time you know I've, yeah. I've, um, he, he wrote to a friend of mine at the time and um oh yeah yeah and it was a very difficult letter to read and i felt like i was in you know shouldn't have read it but it was it was very sort of Bless him. He had a hard time. Yes, a difficult time. Difficult time for Tom. Yeah, very um, much so. And, and it upset me mm. to think of someone I worshipped feeling like crap. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. So the so the barrier, you need you need the barrier there. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, all right, num- number seven. Number seven. Uh, two plus two equals five. Banger. Oh, there's nothing better than waiting for that at a gig and just waiting for everyone to go batshit. Because that bit. Uh, yeah, bit. yeah. Yeah. Bang. Uh, Love it. That's cool. That's on. Uh, that's like Lucas's like second favorite Radiohead song at, at the moment. Not including everything after "Held the Thief." So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, he he was he was very hot on that one. It's very cool. It's a great opener to that album as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Mm. Obviously, it's number seven. <laughs> <laughs> What's number six? Um, Burn the Witch. Oh, lovely. Another late one. I love it. Oh, another late one. Those violins, man. What are they doing? It's just that build, that huge build. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like one of maybe like two examples of... Radiohead using an actual sort of like orchestra sized orchestra that isn't yeah. just like you know uh, little little bits and pieces. Um, that's it. So I, you know, did did you kind of you said you've got less involved in spoilers, but you were, were you aware of the kind of uh, well, I guess the mythical status of Burn the Witch? You, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. been knocking around since what ninety seven with all of yeah, the inter- yeah, yeah. yeah all of the things on the website and. Yeah, yeah, all the lyrics and mm. yeah, we'd never actually fully heard it, but there was, yeah. there was like a recording of what someone thought was like a few piano chords from <laughs> Burn the Witch, which I remember being like, it was, yeah, it really did have that massive legendary status, didn't it? You know, there was there was a thread about it on our ease before it even existed. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did it live up to the? Well, I mean, obviously, it lived up to the hype in some way. It's number six, but did yeah. it live up? Did it live up to that gargantuan hype? Well, I never thought of it as a song. I just, I, I thought, always thought of it as some poetry and some. Because you had just the words, right? Yeah, when, when I picture it, yeah. I just picture like a green background and text because that's right, how because I that's, saw it. Yeah, on that's what's part on the of the huge cave network that is Radiohead.com. <laughs> So I see it as the um, the time that it must have been around two thousand and six when they had it as each each word was in a little clickable box and that was the front page of their yes. website. Yeah, yes. that's how I remember Burn the Witch. Not neither of us, neither of us primarily go to the song. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Where we saw it on their website. Yeah. All right, we're into the top five. All right, Trickster interesting uh <laughs> a, a song from from what like 1994 right yeah might yeah so an, an old radiohead song but it's one we haven't encountered on the podcast yet oh really yeah yeah, yeah. because we we save a lot of the b-sides till the end uh, uh and uh i don't know whether we'll include the trickster or not oh uh, man i love it it's just you know 13 year old emily was like oh what is this I just adored it <laughs> from the offset. That's another crunchy song, I reckon. It is. It is crunchy, but in a really satisfying way. Just um, that breakdown in the last uh, verse where Johnny just goes with the guitar, yeah. the way that Tom just, uh, just the lyrics, everything about it. It's the first, now I can't think of the word. It's the, I don't often get this. You know, when you see images and colours with music, that Synesthesia. The first, that's the one. That was yeah. the first song I ever got that to. 
and oh, wow. it's still there and it's still strong and I can still see it and it's visually brilliant for me. Oh, that's cool. And and that sorry, you get to that you still get that when you listen to it. Yes. Uh, do you get that with a lot of things or is it only specific things? It's only specific things. I don't I don't think oh. I actually have big word I can't pronounce. Um yeah, sure. I just get very strong images for certain songs. Um, but I don't get it as I read that other people get it, if that makes sense. Right. I have a friend who has it and basically gets it for like all noise all the time. Yeah. Which yeah, whereas which I sounds, don't. I mean sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I it's I, I, I guess it's just something tr- something triggered in my brain that just set that off. And I used to do a lot of artwork yeah. based on that song. And yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I, um, I've, I've seen some corners of the internet that point to the trickster and go, oh, this is Muse. Like this this is the Muse sound that, 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 that Muse end up sounding like. That's I, interesting. Hmm. I kind of see it. The very scratchy kind of frantic guitar. Yeah, and the the kind of the the vocals are quite similar. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I I can't say I buy into that like wholeheartedly, but no, I, do, I, I can see, see it. See bits of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I can yeah. see bits of it. Okay, well, there's only four songs, uh, only four Radiohead songs that are better than that, according to you. What's the next uh, one? Jigsaws. Okay, so another from In Rainbows. Yeah. Jigsaw falling into place again. I love I can't, it. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. Ah, you, you, sorry. You said uh, you said that um, when you were avoiding spoilers, really the only one that you uh, knew was Open Pick, yeah. Um, which obviously became Jigsaw falling into place. Is that a big part of, of why you like that song so much? Did it did it hit you immediately from the live version? I mean, I loved the live version, but when I heard the mm. recorded, I was like, "Holy crap!" It was like the opposite way around from Kid A. <laughs> right? Like, yes. Okay. The recorded version just I went from liking the song to thinking it was cracking. Just. It, it just has an energy, a continuous energy, and the lyrics and the music just go. They just oh, mm. I, it's just. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just one of those perfectly executed tracks. I don't think people talk about it that much. Like everybody, like the joke is, "Oh, letdown is underrated" and whatever. But uh, Jigsaw falling into place probably genuinely underrated. I reckon people should talk about Jigsaw uh, more often. Honestly, it's bloody fantastic. His voice is brilliant on it. The strings are great on it as well. Yeah, everything about it. It's just they they nailed that recording. I mean, in Rainbows, good album. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, it's my favourite, so of course I love it. <laughs> I'm I'm contractually um, forbidden from telling you where I rank in rainbows because we've not gotten there yet. Sorry. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> number number three. Okay, uh, Street Spirit. Oh, more old Radiohead. Lovely. Now yes. that I can talk about. Yay! That, love it. I, I I love that song. What what associations do you have with with Street Spirit? Oh, just God. Um, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's mm. it's another otherworldly. It's another reckoner in that it's doesn't quite sound like anything I'd ever heard before. Um, yeah, the lyrics are magic. I can't remember even the first time I heard it. I think it's when I did buy the Benz because I bought the Benz before Street Spirit came out as a single. Yeah. Um, and I sort of pursued it, and it's got some cracking live versions as well. Um, 
is that a big part of uh, like like is that a big part of your enjoyment of the songs like hunting down different live versions of them? It was not so much now, um, but yeah, I've, I have got I still got about fifteen live versions on my computer. Uh, was was that another case of you kind of? chasing something down like hunting for that perfect live version in a way yeah i mean the i think probably my one of my favorites is the eve's club 95 it's a b-side to like plastic trees is it oh okay. plastic tree cd2 i think I, um, i'm gonna have to take your word for it Emily. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure if i'm wrong someone will correct me yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's radiohead <laughs> that's what that's what radiohead fans do we love it. Yeah, that's that's a remarkable version. And obviously, you know, the Three Headed Street Spirit, which I'm sure you've heard now. Uh, ooh, Have no. I? It's, um, I released it onto the world about uh, 10 years ago now. Okay. Uh, was it 10 years ago? Yeah, maybe. Um, it's, for, it's, an old, it's one of my old Canadian things, and they debuted Street Spirit in 1993, uh, ah, and it was called okay. Three Headed Street Spirit. And the, the, the little sort of poppy presenter who had heard Pablo Honey was like, this song, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> what are you doing to my television show? <laughs> Amazing. I'm g- okay. Yeah, look, I- look up on YouTube. Um, yeah. I think the woman who's put it, I mean, it's, probably, it's probably been put everywhere now, but Eleven is One Louder. It's my friend Amy. Um, it's on her channel. Amazing! I'm, I'll put that on our socials and everything. People can people can check it out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, I I love Street Spirit. It's great. Um, yeah, beautiful. It's it's the song they've played most live. Uh, if that's ah, interesting to you, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Although I, I thought Lucky would have been up there. Yeah, no, it's it's not Street Spirit. I think it's like. Mm-hmm. But but the thing is, it's like we've had this discussion on the podcast. Actually, the number is not that high. They've played it like four hundred and something times, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because their set list changed so often. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course. Even though it's the most played, it's not like huge numbers. It's not like they play it every show or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. Top two. Number two. Number two. Polyethylene. Another B side. Cool. Yeah. I like this list. I like this list, <laughs> and I I really like uh, polyethylene. Uh, which what is your favourite? Uh, which uh. is your favourite part? Part one or part two? <laughs> part two. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. I agree. I agree. <laughs> the whole thing's great, but yeah, obviously part two because it's it's ludicrous. It's so big and crashing and brilliant. And how is it a B side? Oh yeah. I mean, that's uh, how you know that OK Computer is really good. Is that something <laughs> like polyethylene uh, is is a B side? Um, yeah, I really like that. Again, not a song we've encountered on the podcast, but uh, I think we probably will. I mean, that will be on our B-Sides episode for sure, uh, yeah. because that's, uh, I mean, it's probably in my top 50, Emily. It's probably in my top 50, <laughs> somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Um, it's in a really weird time signature, which I won't spoil now. We'll save it for Time Talk on okay. the actual episodes. Yeah, that's probably that's probably good. Okay, so... I mean, I always like to try and guess uh, what number one is going to be. Oh, okay. But, I'm intrigued. But there's, there's absolutely no way. There's no, <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to the previous nine. So I'm going to guess Creep. <laughs> Creep's like not even in the 50. Oh, God. There's some cracking live versions of Creep, but yeah. No. Go on then. What's no. your number one? Man of War. 
Okay, I can't talk about it. That's I'm such sorry. A shame. That's such a shame. That's so. That's such a good song, though. That's oh, such a good song. The um, second I, when I first heard it in 1995, I was like, oh, and I was just offended that it wasn't released. But yeah. Well, what do you think of the released version? I'm so happy because yeah. my my original version was uh, it's 1995 bootleg. Uh, they played in Dijon, and it that was my my version was the Dijon version. Sure. Um, and then they did Big Boots. They changed the Big Boots for um, Meeting People Is Easy, and I wasn't happy. Didn't like that. Oh, and then really? I think they played it in 2002, maybe. On the, still big on boots. the Iberian tour. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I still wasn't happy. I was like, oh, never yeah. mind. And then they came back and they recorded it, just like the Dijon version. And it was it back is, to Man of yeah. War. And I was like, Oh, thank Except you. it's obviously um, it's old Tom voice, right? He, he's he's done he, he his vocals are, are very very recent. Whereas the version of Lift that came with it, that's that's old Tom vocals. I think I think I'm getting that the right way around. Like, I'm not sure. It's it's nineties Tom on Lift and twenty ten yeah. Tom on Man of War. Yeah. Um, the recorded version of Man of War is very cool. We will get to it eventually, listeners, <laughs> in another six to eight months or whatever it ends up being. Uh, <laughs> it's a long season, this one. That's cool. Reckoner, Down is the New York, Exit Music for a Film, 2 plus 2 equals 5, Burn the Witch, The Trickster, Jigsaw Falling into Place, Straight Spirit, Fade Out, Polyethylene Parts 1 and 2, although we prefer 2, yeah. uh, A Man of War. That's cool. That I guarantee that is the only list that we ever get that has Man of War at the top. I guarantee it. Uh, probably. But it, it's just, you know, I mean, uh, it's magic. It feels like a classic Radiohead single that just never happened. Yeah. You know? It's got everything in it. it, like, it they, just... they should be playing it at every single show they've ever played if Radiohead did things like that. But, yeah. Yeah, but it's just not. They've played it like four times and they'll probably never play it again. No, well, they I've won't play it again because they've it. broken up. They've broken up, yeah. haven't they? So that's it. That's the end of Radiohead. Permanent um, hiatus? No. Permanent Who hiatus. Who knows? That's a very generous, that's a very generous turn of phrase. <laughs> I have, there are people. There are still a lot of people holding on to hope, you know. I don't want to shatter anything. But. Look, I mean, you know, uh, quietly going away and never recording anything again would not be the weirdest thing they've done. But also no. just, I would also not be surprised if in three months' time, they put a message up on their website that said the new Radiohead album's out next week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, yeah. Either one could be the case. So, uh, I mean, I'd rather it was the latter, Emily, to be honest yeah. with you. I'd I, I would like to see Radiohead them live album. again, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, because obviously I've seen them quite a lot, but... <laughs> Weirdly, I think that's actually more likely than a new album. Yeah, I like a random live show. Yeah. Another South Park. I could yeah. do that. Yeah, 120 quid a ticket that sells out in 30 seconds. Dynamic pricing on Ticketmaster. The whole no. Thing. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for coming back this many times. Um, <laughs> it's all right. I hope you've had a nice time. Uh, which is, which I suppose begs the question, is this the last time we'll see you? Like, who, who would you have us cover next to ensure a fourth <laughs> appearance? Oh, there's only one band that I would. You'd never, you'd never do that. There's only very, one band you'd come back for. Yeah. Okay, who's that? There's only one. Um, I was. Re- I loved Unbelievable Truth. Yeah. No, <laughs> no one would ever not, cover them because it'd be like two episodes. 
Yeah, not <laughs> a chance. Episodes. Not a chance. I mean, uh, so that is so to, to put that into perspective. Is that not Tom York's brother's band? Yes. Yes. That's how I got okay. into them. But okay. They were. They had a magic thing going on live. They were bloody brilliant. Well, I tell you what, Emily. Let's do an episode on the unbelievable truth. <laughs> let's let, let's bring you back. We'll bring you back at some point, okay, to do one episode on the unbelievable truth. I've never heard them, okay. <gasps> you pick. That said, they weren't as good on record as they were live. You pick ten songs, and we'll go through them <laughs> track by track. How does that sound? Wow. Okay. Okay. Cool. We'll do that at some point. Who knows when? But yeah. I can't bear the thought that you're never coming back uh, because it's such a joy to have you on. Uh, thank you so much, Emily, for, for doing it again. Thank you. Hey, it's me again. I'm coming in at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed that chat. I, I hope you listened to it as well. We had, some, we had some internet issues. We had some audio issues. I hope that come, comes out okay in the edit. I think it will. Emily's a lovely person. It's always a lovely time talking to her, which is why I just could not bear the idea that she was never coming back. So look forward to hearing from Emily again. It's somewhere. We're, like, we'll figure out a place to do it, I guess. Um, uh, I know nothing about the unbelievable truth. We talked about it a little bit afterwards. The other thing that we talked about afterwards was just the sheer amount of, uh, and, and we should have been recording and we weren't, but the sheer amount of uh, Radiohead memorabilia that Emily has and the pictures that she's taken. There's some great pictures that she sent me afterwards that I've never seen of Tom and Ed and Colin, who looks stoned out of his mind, and she sent them to me. And I'm going to post some of them uh, on our social media, which incidentally is where you should come and talk to us. Um let us know what you think of anything that, that Emily said or that we talked about. And if you want to see the the pictures that we've taken. And also, I'm going to make a playlist of, of the top ten. Um, the other two. I, I cannot remember your names. I'm so sorry. The other two hosts of this podcast. Don't listen to the playlist. It's got spoilers. Don't listen. Um, but the, the rest of you can listen. You can let us know what you think of it by finding us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at What Is Music Pod. Uh... Do you know what? You know what? Because of recent times, we're on Mastodon as well, which I think is, uh, I don't understand it at all, right? And I think it's at Universadon at what is music, right? Okay, I think that's what it is. Uh, TikTok, what is music as well. Uh, but if you want to send in something a little bit longer, uh, I, I will read it out on the show. I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but you email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. And obviously, doing that and listening to the podcast. 100% supports us if you'd like to support us financially because the podcast is not necessarily all that free to run um you could send us some money yay you have the opportunity to send us some money um you could buy some of our merchandise it's over at whatismusicpod.redbubble.com or you can send us some little one-off donations or whatever because, you know, the merchandise it can be a little bit, you know, pricey and a little bit, you know, shit. So uh, you can also go to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. Uh, and uh, all of the people uh, that have donated so far, um, some of you in uh, stupid amounts, uh, thank you so much for doing that. Um, right, yes. Next week, it is genuinely the eraser. I promise, I promise, we go almost track by track on Tom York's debut solo album from 2006, while we're still in that gap in between Hail to the Thief and In Rainbows. Um, 
so come and join us for that we also you know touch on other stuff that the band were up to around sort of 2005 2006 uh while skirting round the idea that they were recording another album but anyway don't talk about it. it doesn't matter the the timeline gets very confusing here but next week is definitely the eraser uh so come and join us for that that about does it thanks again for listening before you go please don't leave me high don't leave me by that's the best one that's the best one we don't need the other two it's just you and me now it's just you and me